So, Joel, I just wanted to introduce you first. You are a skier and a mountain addict, is that right? Uh, yeah, that pretty much sums me up, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all, so all the time this, is, um, this is the first time we were actually actually speaking for the first time, isn't it? We just came across each yeah. other on, uh, on the Instagram. So we don't really know that much about each other. But um, but firstly, welcome to the podcast. It's uh, Training Todd and Truth. Um, and basically, it's only set up this year. Um, and I set it up because it was kind of... Um, just basically about the three concepts I had of being physically fit and mentally sharp and your spiritual health, basically. So um, that's that's basically what it's about. And that's how we came into contact from the Instagram for the two pages. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so what part of the world are you calling from, Joe? Uh, I live in France, in Chamonix. You live in France, but you're actually Welsh, though, are you? I'm Welsh, yeah. I moved to, uh, to Chamonix in 2011. 2011, okay. like a, a ski season, but um, yeah, never left. <laughs> Just saw, saw the mountains here. And and what brought you over there? Uh, yeah, my brother was here doing a ski season. I came on holiday, saw the mountains, and then, yeah, thought, as soon as I finished university, I'm just going to come out here for a bit of fun, and then, yeah, got addicted to the mountains and never really left. Yeah, and your brother does the same thing? No, he doesn't. He, he left Chamonix uh, the year after I moved here, and he, he works... Uh, on the on yachts now so he's gone from the mountain to the sea but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a bit of a change yeah yeah but i but i stayed yeah i found i did a bit more started climbing and started doing a bit more running and things and just uh yeah really just well not not necessarily just the mountains here but just yeah realized the potential of what i could do in the mountains and how much fun i could have were you kind of running 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 on the hills first before you got into the mountains uh not not a great deal. A little bit of running. I, I'm from uh, Brecon in South Wales, so I grew up in the Brecon Beacons, where I did a bit of hiking, a bit of running, and stuff. But but nowhere near to the 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 scale and the scope of what I do nowadays here. Yeah. Just, here you get you meet so many people and you see what they're doing, and you almost get like not dragged in, but you you want to do more and more things. And it's it's so easy here. All the the mountains are so accessible. Right. I never, I never been, but it's always one holiday I'd, I'd love to do a skiing trip. Um, you know, they, it's, it's funny. People always either want to do a big sun holiday or else a skiing holiday. Two polar opposites, but they both have their appeals as well. Yeah, I'm not, I've, I've never won. Uh, I never went on a ski holiday uh, as a child. So my yeah. first skiing and I came here as a snowboarder, but my first sort of uh, ski holiday was a season. So it's, it was. And it, it, that's why you know I, I I wish I did it when I was younger, but I, I I didn't know what I was missing almost, so it wasn't wasn't that bad. Yeah, um, I guess I guess like, where we come from. Well, I'm I'm in Ireland, but I guess we don't really see we don't really get the um, the opportunity to do that much of that. You know, um, on the kind of hemisphere that we're living on, don't we? Know we had to kind of go to the likes of France. 
Yeah, you know, we used to get a little dusted on the on the beacon to go sledging or something, but I, I never never enough to go skiing or anything. Yeah, yeah, because you can see, you know, first thing that struck me with your um, Instagram page is obviously, the, you know, you quickly see that your two main hobbies are the, the skiing and the mountain climbing. Um, and I, I came across, you are, uh, correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, uh, UIMLA International Mountain Leader. Is that right? Yeah. So yes, that's, that's uh, uh, yeah. Union of International Mountain Leaders Association. Uh, what Can you tell me a bit about that? Uh, so it's uh, you start off in, in the UK, you have the Mountain Leader Award, which lets you uh, take like groups and people and clients uh, into the mountains on uh, sort of non-technical terrain. And then they offer the step above, which is the International Award, which is similar to, in France, it's called the Accompagné de Moyen-Montain. So it's um, like it, where I work now here in France, I can take people in summer uh, sort of trail running or hiking using... Uh, where where you don't go anywhere where you're going to use a rope intentionally and not on any glaciers so it's 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 one below like a full mountain guide at IFMGA mountain guide um and then in the winter I take clients and groups snowshoeing sort of hut to hut uh once again staying off a glacier and uh not um not going out with the intention of using a rope or any sort of climbing equipment so it's uh I I really enjoy it it, it gets me out a lot and it's um it's a lot less stressed than uh, maybe a mountain guide has with the the sort of the dangers that come with the, the high high mountains. The things that I like to do myself, but I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't personally want to do it with clients. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of responsibility. And imagine even even to um, to become the mountain leader, you'd have to go through an awful lot of training. Because I suppose in a way, if you're the um, if you're the head honcho up on the on the hills, you kind of have to be able to look after people as well, can't you? Yeah, so for just the ML, you do um, five, 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 five days of training and then five days of assessment. But before that, you need sort of 40 days of uh, proving the uh, quality mountain days to show that you are capable of, of being a leader in the in the mountainous environment. But if, uh, you know, then you have the, the training and the assessment, which are normally held in, in the UK. Uh, I did that in North Wales. And then after that, to do the international mountain leader, you have a, a week's training in, in the UK for the summer, and then a week's assessment in, in France, um, France or Germany. They do one in Germany as well for the, for the UK. There's two, uh, two centres that offer it there uh, in the UK, one in Scotland, one in Wales. And then the same for the winter, you have a week's training and a week's assessment. So overall, it's, it's four, it's a month of uh, training and assessment. Yeah. That, but that's backed up with... Uh, 80 days of, of proven experience in that in yeah. that in an environment i can imagine yeah and i'd say like that type of training i guess you have to use do they use the old kind of like i'd imagine like you'd have to know where you are and you know these days we're lucky enough we have kind of gps and all that but what do they used to use the triangulation methods and all this kind of thing does that come into it, it at all yeah, because you, you you're building on the basis of from the ML award, the Mountain Leader Award, which has a big uh, big scope and emphasis on uh, navigation. So it's mainly like navigation, leadership, uh, rope work, uh, movement on steep ground, and then uh, for the ML and the IML awards, you need to be uh, 16 hour rec first aid trained. So they have to do a first aid certificate every uh, every three years to make sure you're current and. So obviously you are the first point of call in case of an accident in the mountains. Yeah, it's a bit of weight on the shoulders, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, the, like you obviously try and minimise the 
the risk of something of something happening. But most of the time, to, to us out here from my, from my experience hiking here, it's like blisters, small sprains, and things. You know, I haven't touched wood, haven't had anything serious or anything. But what about yourself? Have you ever come across big injuries yourself in training or in, in any of your own? Um, I I haven't heard once again. Like it's uh, touch wood. Don't speak too soon. But all, all I've ever injured in the, since being in Chamonix is my my first day of snowboarding. I sprained my wrist. Uh, that was yeah eight eight years ago, eight nine nine years ago now. And then uh, I've broken my finger mountain biking. But apart from that, I've I've been pretty lucky with uh, with any sort of injury from skiing or running or climbing. Yeah. But it's not that uh, it's not that I. I don't take risks or anything, but I, I, whether whether I've been lucky or just with my sort of uh, pre, like prehab, you know, keeping keeping strong so I don't get injured, whether that's yeah. helpful or not. Or, but um, yeah, I sometimes here on the on the side of caution, you know, I don't I'm not big on uh, free skiing so much, you know, jumping off big big uh, cliffs and things. But yeah. Yeah, I definitely with the amount of skiing and running and climbing that I do, you know, I, I think I may have been been pretty lucky not to have uh, have any injuries yeah actually I, I just came from well i caught it a bit of a hill run well it's it's quite a hill it's a mountain um but um well it's, it's a large hill at least but it, it's in uh brandon hill to kenny and that's why i was rushing back here it's why i have a big red face in me now and um, i oh, did 13 and a half k but it, there was parts where i just couldn't run it you know i'm trying to train with my friend who's a fitness instructor in the army and he did 18k in the time it took me to do the 13 and a half, you know, and he ran the whole lot. I don't know how. Yeah. But, um, you can see, you know, when you get when you go from the road to the trails, you know, and um, we we got the hiking runners, but even at that, a lot of close calls were going over my ankle and 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 things like that. You know, you have to be much more alert um, and careful, don't you? Like in 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 this different type of scenario, which I'm surprised that you you've 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 obviously done well to get away with that because a few times today and I'm not that long doing it where I almost injured myself I'd say yeah it definitely takes some some building to it. and that's where I suppose like the, which is why I enjoy trail running so much because it does it, it keeps you focused the entire time because you're constantly looking and sort of you're it's almost like you're you're dancing on the trail you know you're jumping around it's uh yeah. you you have to really keep focused on what you're doing so I've I've, I've never been a, a road runner I get I uh, get bored really quickly with the yeah, monotony sometimes of road. Yeah, I do notice that that um, when I went from the road running, you know, once you get up to the likes of like ten k's, it's it's a lot of monotonous kind of plodding along, especially when you're by yourself. Where when you kind of when you're doing the trails, you can take in the nature a bit of it and the scenery, and um, uh, it's a bit more challenging as well. Um, yeah, I noticed that myself. Kind of that's where I'm kind of clicking with you there, and it's funny. You know that you got into it as well because you'd imagine being from Wales. You know you'd have a rugby ball in your hand or, or something else. You know what, what? What got you over there? Was it just purely the brother was there and you went over to check it out, or did you always have an interest in this? Uh, no, I, I spent a lot of time in the hills in in uh, in, in Brecon. I played I played rugby and uh, cricket and other golf and stuff until I was sort of sixteen, seventeen. Then went off to uni and. I think it was uh, like a couple of my brother's friends who went to Chamonix to do a season, and then uh, I sort of saw some, you know, see pictures on Facebook. Yeah, oh, looks cool. You know, I'd like to. And then I, I think I, uh, I lost a phone in uni, and they, my insurance didn't have that phone, so they sent me five hundred pounds to buy a new phone. 
and I was like, I just go on the ski holiday with this five hundred pounds to, <laughs> yeah. to go and see my brother. And I, I'm so glad I lost that phone because it just my first day here was it was New Year's Day, two thousand and ten. So I, I arrived. My mum dropped me off in the airport super early. She was probably hungover as well as I was, and then uh, we, we I came here and just took the tram up on the the New Year's Day to go skiing and sort of popped out of the clouds and saw the mountains here and it was just like it, it blew my mind of what the the scale of these mountains here compared compared to back home. Yeah. And yeah, and then just I that that season sort of led me into doing more and more ski uh, touring and other things with with people who I, I met here and just showed me what you know I. I felt like I'd, I'd almost be missing it. I, 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 I wish I was here. I wish I grew up here almost. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's funny, you know, kind of gives way to the, everything happens for a reason, the way, you know, you lose the phone and you get the few bob and while your brother's over there, it's, it's good timing, wasn't it? New Year's. New yeah, Year's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no way I would have been able to afford a, a, ski, a ski holiday in uni. Yeah. And tell me, like, a couple of things stood out to me when I was going, um, looking at your profile on Instagram. Well, first of all, the, the, the scenery is not what you see here. You know, it's stunning, you know, uh, the icy mountains and, and all that, um, which which I guess is, you know, is the way it is. But a lot of the times, the, the treks look like you're going it by yourself, um, which I'd imagine might be dangerous enough. But are you are you doing that by yourself? Uh, some, some things I do by myself, yeah, and some things like might be, uh, from people who don't have experience in in the terrain or experience with the the type of climbs and the type of hikes and runs and things, uh, that it looks it would look dangerous. You know, my my mum, for example, <laughs> will always message me like, "What are you doing up there?" And but uh, from from the experience I've gained from going out with people and learning, I've got a lot of friends who are here who are who are full mountain guides, who I spent a lot of time with, and just people who have been doing this for 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. But uh, I often go out, you know, I've, I've done uh, big, you know, three, four thousand meter peaks on, on my own and uh, some some climbs, some big skis on my own where it I, I'm more than comfortable uh, on that type of terrain. Yeah. So have, you, have, you, have you seen like Free Solo, the Alex Honnold climbing film? No. Where he's, uh, you know, he's climbing these thousand meter vertical bases, but. To, to the like to me that looks crazy, but he's so comfortable at that level that yeah. it's, it's not a challenge. But to someone who doesn't understand it, it looks insane. <laughs> you know, I guess it, probably at that stage, when you get to that certain extent, if you bring someone out, they're more of a hindrance, I guess. If you're out to set a name for yourself, or if you're setting a challenge for yourself, you're kind of maybe looking after them. I suppose if they're not on your level, would you see it that way? In a, in a way, uh, yeah. Sometimes I, I like. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to I only do some some of my big objectives with people who are on a sort of similar level to me. Um, if that makes sense. But other, otherwise, like I have, I have friends who come out who who I'll take on sort of some of the easy alpine climbs here, uh, just just like for for fun with with them. And it's they might be climbs that I've done a few times on my own, but for them who've never been in this environment, you know, it's like the most exhilarating uh, experience. Yeah, but. For me, I'm almost like I'm I'm getting cold because we're moving so slowly or something. Because I normally do it moving quite fast, or I've done it several times with like my girlfriend or with family members and stuff. But it's uh, that that I almost I do things like that just so I see 
the look in their face and the, what they're experiencing, of what I remember experiencing of my first time doing these these climbs and things. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's great. As well, I'd say, I'd say, like, I'd say, it's hard going though. You know, I can imagine, like, even like whatever about running up kind of the hills and the trails. Uh, I'd say it's a different ball game when you add a bit of snow there as well. You know, the resistance of that kind of trying to climb, you know, peaks that are a thousand meters and and, and the likes of that. Yeah, it definitely makes it makes it harder, you know, if like even on snow, if you get like hard packed snow, it's almost like walking up, up concrete, you know, but like I went for a hike yesterday, it was a thousand meter climb and we'd had 10 centimeters of snow at the bottom and at the top was 30 centimeters of, uh, of, of fresh snow. So by, by the top, it was sort of, you, you step on it, it crunches down 20, 30 centimeters, you take another step and crunch down and it does almost like double the effort you have to put in, put in sometimes. So. So it's a good calf workout. <laughs> yeah, good calf, good glute workout, really good. So I have my my dog going ahead, so she packs the snow down a little bit, but oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's still hard work. I'd imagine that as well. Like you need um, a certain like if you were setting out on one of these thousand meter climbs, I'd imagine you have a basic kind of toolkit with you as well. I think I have seen a photograph of. Probably wasn't. I probably obviously didn't know what I was looking at in it. Where you had your tool kit set out. What would you have to bring base your basic kind of survival kit when you're you're going out there? Uh, for for sort of these these cl- these climbs I've been doing recently, just the, the training ones. Uh, I'm I'm only hiking and going from Chamonix a thousand meters, going up to two thousand meters on a on in the summer. What's a hiking path? But now it's a very snowy hiking path. To uh, to we have a, a train like a cog railway, which I take back down because uh, I don't like running downhill on the snow. That's that's how I'm probably going to end up injuring myself, but. When I go out doing like a yeah like a big say a mountain climb like a climbing last month I went and climbed the a, the Beeshorn it's in Switzerland it's uh, four thousand one hundred meters wow. and uh, that was from the car park it was two thousand five hundred meters to the summit and for that I'd take uh, some lightweight sort of like mountaineering boots uh, a small set of crampons helmet head torch gloves your basic sort of glacier gear, which is a harness, 30-meter rope, uh, pulleys, carabiners, in case anyone falls in a crevasse like my buddy, I can, can pull him out. Um, and then always a small first aid kit, which like we're pretty lucky in the Alps here to have uh, such good helicopter assistance. Yeah. So I, I'll carry, as a, as, a, as a mountain professional, I carry a radio normally just so I can go straight to the, the emergency channel. But... There's only, like, I think the time of accidents you'll have here are either going to be very minor or quite severe for the type of things I'm doing. So I, I'll cover myself for the minor things, so like competes for blisters and things. And uh, I always carry some, um, uh, what's it called, coagulant, like a uh, clotting agent and a, and a bandage, just in case, you know, you, you did have a severe cut for a bleed or something when... You know, normally you get a helicopter in 10, 15 minutes, yeah, sometimes quicker. Yeah, really quick, yeah. But, yeah, so, but it's, uh, if you were to have an accident that you means you couldn't wait 10, 15 minutes, I'd like to be covered for that. Yeah. But it, it's a very small first aid kit for, 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 for in that respect. But, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I, I tend to go very light, so I, I won't take much extra clothing. And if uh, it's always the sacrifice you make then, where uh, with extra clothing, if, if it gets too cold, you can't really carry on. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, at least it's 
it is that type of area where you can get the helicopter around 15 minutes if things go very bad and you have the radio as well so at least in that way but still i'd imagine you know it's not like running or cycling or normal sports where there, there must be a certain sense of danger and i'd say you must have had some maybe you didn't but some close calls or some kind of dangerous moments along the way uh yeah i had a i had a few uh a few close calls that were whether it's down to just uh a lot in the mountains here it can just be wrong place wrong time or just you always have uh, what's known as like objective danger so you might be climbing and there's a, a serac like a big chunk of ice or rocks above you that it's, it's hard for you to sort of to make a a well-informed decision of which of where you're going to go or what time you're going to go but i've i've been caught in a few little little avalanches uh yeah, no. n- nothing nothing's big because i i, I think that I, i've managed the you know managed the risk and uh, maybe taken silly calls sometimes where i got caught in a little, little slide but nothing nothing uh where i've ever been buried or anything in, in large yeah. amounts of snow um and and fallen in a couple of small crevasses but once again nothing uh nothing serious so I, where, where i've been lucky in that respect but it, it all comes down to your experience on the the terrain really yeah i guess you, you get the the knowledge over time about the decision making and which route to take is not going to be as risky and um, I guess that comes with just doing it I guess there and getting out there yeah and just and, and learning a lot of it can, can actually be learned from from textbooks and from classes from courses from friends where you do learn about you know if, if this if the the slope in front of you sort of rolls over there's a chance that you're going to have an avalanche caught starting from that rollover and then you sort of get you sort of read and interpret the terrain that you're travelling on, and yeah, it just it just it all comes down to experience and actually just like taking note and and trying to learn from the mountains, not just being in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, have you ever come across kind of any amazing finds up the top of a thousand meter peak, or you know, things that seemed out of place that are very interesting or anything like that? Um. You you often find like just people who who you find maybe shouldn't shouldn't be there sometimes. That's about it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, like some people might look at me sometimes like that. You know, I've, I've been up uh, up some big four thousand meter mountains in in, in basically you know, look like look to the average person like glorified running shoes, mm-hmm. and they, they might think that I'm out of place. And maybe because I'm on my own and they're with the guide and they're roped up, and you do look, you know, like I've done my homework. I know that the rudest you know, safe enough, well, I, I feel it's safe enough for me, but, um, yeah, you, you, sometimes you go places where you're a bit like, maybe that person doesn't realise where he is, or but I, I, maybe people more experienced than me look at me that way, and it, it, it's just, uh, it's a one big learning curve, really, in the mountains here. Yeah. Well, one thing I'm going to ask you about, uh, that's probably the, the main reason we came across each other, you're, uh, you're a vegan, is that right? Yeah, yeah, for uh, just over two, two and a bit years now. Okay, and uh, there's a lot, obviously, uh, of talk about this, especially with a recent documentary came out, The Game Changes as well, has a lot of people talking about it from Netflix. Um, but obviously, you're vegan from before that. Why, what made you become vegan? Um, I, 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 the day I went vegan, I, I did Chamonix to Mont Blanc and back to Chamonix, which is 4,400 metres vertical up 
to the highest point in Western Europe and back down to town. Then I went for a breakfast burrito at my friend's cafe with black pudding, sausage, egg, bacon, everything in. Went home, and I think it was either cowspiracy or what the hell. I watched my my girlfriend, who's studying nutrition. She's studying to be a nutritional therapist, and you know I watched it with an open mind. Like went from, and then just after that documentary, I was like, well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. Oh go vegan and, and doing it with someone like with my partner definitely helped yeah. made it easier because we were both changing yeah and yeah. then it sort of rolled onto a week read some more things she picked up the china study which is quite interesting read i haven't read it but she's she's read me through it mm-hmm. um and it's sort of a mass study of uh, of vegetarian and plant-based diet eating and uh and then you know watch a few more documentaries and then it sort of just i found i was eating better food like I, I would just not that I it wasn't the fact that I was cutting out meat or dairy for me to start off with it was the fact that I was just eating more fruits and vegetables yeah which you know you're always told in school and like, through you're told to eat more fruit and veg you get your five a day and stuff but then when you realize you're getting like your 15 a day you're like surely this is this has got to be better um and then just yeah reading more watching some other documentaries and uh although some of them you often get the reports that and some uh, reviews of them that they are quite one one sided and then, to be fair, I think they they're always going to be one sided because they're trying to push a message almost. Um, but after a while, I found that I wasn't feeling. It's it's really hard because I, I I was never doing like a study on myself, so it's hard to say whether I was feeling any uh, you know, like oh, I, I was training to eat better or yeah I was running faster, but I wasn't feeling any worse. So I I figured I'd just carry on. And uh, to be honest, I've never felt like I was lacking energy or anything that made me think, oh, maybe I should stop this. It's it's bad. And if I can just go without, uh, you know, without it, then it, it would, there was, I didn't see why I needed it. And that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, sorry. Uh, because it's, it's, it's difficult not even just becoming vegetarian, but uh, like I've been doing it for the last couple of weeks now. Because at the podcast, you know, I was trying was trying different diets and different routines, um, and I started intermittent fasting um, in late August, start of September, and I'm still doing that, and I felt the benefits of it straight away. Um, and then now, over the last couple of weeks, I'm while I'm running, I'm um, on a vegan diet, a plant based diet, um, and I'm not sure. It, you know what I'm. Uh, I don't know about the results just yet. I guess it's early days, but um, I'm, f- I'm finding it hard to figure out. You know what meals to put together, um, what I should be buying. You know, um, you know, I just sometimes throw lentils in a pot and and a bit of veg. You know, it's kind of hard to get creative straight out the gate when you start out of it. And I, I guess I'm doing it by myself here, so I'm just kind of just trying yeah. to. It can be a bit tricky, kind of starting off to um, figure out because obviously mountain climbing, you know, re- requires an awful lot on your uh, from your body. And um, like, w- basically, what what kind of is your what would be a good pre-hiking meal you put together that would fuel you for the likes of hiking? And what kind of like vegan snacks would you bring along? Even yeah, I I. I... Uh, like this morning, I, I went to uh, I went through to Italy and uh, did a, did a th- like a thousand meter ski tour with with some friends, 
and for most days before I go breakfast, uh, for breakfast before I go training or before I go skiing, I'll just have like um, uh, like I think it's about seven hundred mil smoothie, uh, which is just uh, we'll have a banana, flax, chia, and hemp seeds, some ice cubes, uh, a bit of soy or oat milk or whatever sort of uh, plant-based milks in the fridge, water, um, also check peanut butter, loads of peanut butter. I get through kilograms of peanut butter a month. <laughs> I, I love this stuff. And then uh, some pea protein. I find that gives me like a good sort of bulk of like a liquid food that normally, I think today I had that and then uh, an apple on the climb and that was enough for me. And normally, uh, my my diet of when I'm actually doing the exercise can sometimes be quite weird. If I'm doing a a big mission like like going to climb sort of two or three thousand meters up, I I'll buy some sort of uh, gels or yeah. some uh, of the cliff cliff blocks. But otherwise, it's sort of whatever I can rustle up. Whether it is just uh, uh, Ziploc bag full of dates and figs, or we have like the we have like the thing here. We have amazing boulangeries, bakeries, but there's only the bread, and uh, there's one thing they call a pan sportif, which is like a sport bread. So it's bread with some nuts and some dried fruit in, and I buy one of those. But those are the only two things in like uh, a huge boulangerie that are vegan. You know, you go in this all these pastries and patisseries that look so good, but it's basically I have two choices, but and I find that the pan sportif is is great. It's a bit like a hot cross bun. Yeah. Okay. And do you think yeah, that? I think that like with the likes, you know, there seems to be. I don't know if you've noticed it, but when I drive to work, there seems to be a lot of billboards up lately pushing pushing the vegan uh, things at the moment, and um, it makes me think: Are they going to start bringing out a, a wider range of things? And maybe that's already there. I just haven't I, been seeing it. Yeah, definitely. In the in the two and a bit years I've been vegan here in France, like France, France are a little bit behind, but they're getting they get they're getting up to up to speed with it. It's definitely supermarkets are noticing. You know, so here I can I can get like soy chicken nuggets or veggie burgers or loads of things that, that are vegan. But when whenever I go back to the UK, I always see it as uh, it's it's come on. It's it's huge. Like we got I think I just today that. Um, like Morrison to doing vegan sausage rolls and things, and it, it is becoming easier for for people to just buy vegan like sub. They're not they're not necessarily healthy things, but they're definitely easy substitutes. Yeah, yeah. People to you know because uh, a lot of the time it is people just want the convenient food, and it's it if, if those things can be vegan, then it, it's because it's normally the convenient food that isn't vegetarian, like isn't vegetarian or vegan, isn't is normally not the best quality of 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 meat product you're getting or whatever so if you can get something that is isn't meat isn't a low quality meat but tastes the same or tastes similar then i think that's great for for vegans and for non-vegans for maybe vegetarians who haven't had a sausage roll in a long time but yeah but as well like yeah i, I was told to kind of stay away from the meat substitutes you know if you're doing it try stay plant-based um so that's what i have been trying to do um yeah and I, like I almost, I might do it in two weeks, but I, I've slipped twice already. Not like in conversation with someone grabbing a bowl of. Uh, we have something called coddle in Ireland. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's like a, it's it sounds horrible. 
um, but it's like a, a soup stew with like rashers and sausages and uh, potato and onions. Um, okay, yeah. And um, my mother used to make them growing up, and I stayed in her house on Wednesday night, and she had a big pot of it, and it was freezing outside, and I was talking away to her, and she put it down in front of me, and I started eating it, and I was on my second bowl, and I realized what I'd done, you know, and uh, it just, you know, because I, I guess maybe because I'm new to it, you know, even, it just slipped my mind, you know, um, but I guess, you know, you know, did that ever happen to you in the beginning, I wonder, like, did, you, did, it, did you slip at all, or did you slip much? Um, occasionally, I like, uh, but not. It it won't be it won't be for for any meat yeah. or anything. I, I'll I'll someone will have a bit of chocolate or I'll buy a bit of chocolate, and like I haven't read the the, the ingredients fully, and it might say like, see, I'm also dealing with the the in, ingredients in French, so it's that much harder to to notice little things, and you'd be like like litier. And you're like, what? What could that? Oh, what's that? Oh, it's like milk butter. And you're like, oh, okay, fine. Okay. But but I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not going to throw it out because I think that's even worse. So sometimes I'll either try and give it to a friend or yeah, you know, if I if I've eaten most of the thing, I'll just finish it off. But uh, yeah, it's I haven't had any, any slips with meat. It's normally just little things like that. Or you go around a friend's house and they'll cook something and you'll eat it and they'll be like, oh, I put butter in it. Like well, like you've just cooked this nice big meal for me. I'm not I'm not going to. Uh, starve and sit here yeah and make yeah. a big fuss over it because I, I also don't want to waste any any food but yeah so what's, uh, what's your idea of like a takeaway because i guess you, you and your girlfriend will sit down and say right what are we going to get <laughs> uh yeah here we don't uh there's a few places in town that do um sort of veggie burgers takeaway but otherwise uh, I, I in italy today i had a, a vegetarian pizza with no cheese on it and like you have a, having a nice Italian pizza, it's it's more about the 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 dough and the the tomatoes anyway. So I, I'm not I don't I don't miss the cheese on pizzas that much. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know I, I always get ridiculed by my friends like that's not a pizza. Hey, what, are you, yeah. what, are you, what are you eating? Like, well, you do come against a clash as well, don't you? When you try it, you know I said that I'm going to try it because. Well, my my idea of trying it was that someone said to me they're doing meatless Mondays, you know, and um. I think this is pushed, you know, it was on, it was on that documentary and um, one, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think it was, who did the Meatless Mondays and the most everybody else was on it that was completely vegan. But um, I said, what are you doing with that? And they, and they said, take a look at this. And it's only a couple weeks ago. So I did take a look at it and I was kind of surprised at the uh, results um, that people were getting. So I said, because I have the, the form or the platform of the podcast and I said, I'm going to put up what I'm doing with intermittent fasting and you know like instead of throwing down diets and saying oh I don't think that's good I may as well do it myself and experience it and see while I'm training if it helps me or not and um, so that's why I, I was doing it really you know but um let me ask you like, this is maybe a two-part question and um, it's kind of more in keeping with the podcast as well firstly on the physical side of things um Obviously, we see different benefits from different sports when we train. Like, you know, when you run, your calf muscle develop um, has a direct impact on your cardiovascular health and your weight. Uh, you lift weights, you kind of become physically stronger. You shred flabbiness and you start toning. Um, and then the mental side of things, you know, we benefit from common forms of exercise kind of dramatically in the form of mental health through chemical releases, 
but going for a cycle also, you know, you kind of find, I think, a humbling experience kind of, you know, being out in the, in the nature and um, it's much more close-paced yeah. um, rather than, you know, you can drive by these things sometimes and, you know, see them in 2D through your car window at 100 kilometers an hour rather than getting out there and doing them. Could what, I mean, what I'm asking is what are the benefits you see from your mountain climbing or your skiing kind of physically and mentally as well? From from eating plant based? No, no. Sorry, from okay, your mountain okay. flying or from your skiing. Um, for me, I just I for me I I just love being outside to be honest, and that's like it's it is you know you, I, sometimes I I fail to stop and just enjoy like the beauty and the amazement of where I am sometimes. But it's it, it's for, for me it's just mo- moving in the mountains. Yeah. Just uh, you know the. It's different when they're they're on your doorstep, and it's like I feel like I have to take advantage of them and and just go and have fun in them and uh, share fun experiences in them with other people who are also uh, enjoy the same sort of activities. Yeah. But um, yeah, benefits is it, 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 it keeps me fit, it keeps me healthy, and and I enjoy it at the same time. Where it's not, I know I know some people may enjoy going to like the gym and running on a treadmill for an hour, but some people maybe don't, but feel like they have to do it to keep fit. True. Whereas yeah. I'm sort of I'm blessed here where I can just go for like a hike for an hour, and it's keeping me fit, and I'm also in this amazing place where yeah. you know you can actually stop and look, and you'd be like, wow, you know, it's like you're looking at a postcard of a glacier and some big mountains, and I might be there with a dog or my girlfriend or or some some group of friends, and you're just like. Yeah, it's, uh, I sometimes have to pinch myself, and I have a lot of friends who come out and they're like, "Oh, you're so lucky to live in a place." Yeah, it's, it's like, well, it's, anyone can come and move out here, but it's about yeah, maybe making the the choice and the commitment of, of what you can do out here. But it's, uh, I, I do feel lucky to to be able to live and work here and just uh, enjoy these, you know, these big mountains and the the snow and the ice and everything that that might not be here for forever, and and yeah. it's. it's it's a proper, maybe a first world privilege to be able to to live and play in these mountains all the time. Yeah, and I guess what you're saying is like a lot of people who go to the gym and go on the treadmills or lift the weights don't necessarily want to be there. I guess, you know, where you're getting your workout, I guess it's the difference between a workout and a hobby really, isn't it? Like, you know, you're you're um, doing something you love while getting all them benefits. Um, it's It's kind of... You know that's why the trail run is a little bit like that as well. It's 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 not necessarily hardship running on the road, kind of boring, looking for songs that'll keep you interested or podcasts or whatever. You know, um, kind of when you step into nature uh, out of the gym environment, you kind of get a bug for for the scenery around you or the, or the experience itself. And I can imagine that's kind of my experience with the trail running and the cycling. But I can imagine doing what you're doing is another step above that again. You know. Uh, but is there a goal kind of you're aiming for, you know, um, like I know you said about you're looking to reach 200,000 vertical meters this year. Is that right? Yeah, that that's just uh, sort of stemming off uh, last year. My buddy Charlie um, had a goal of doing a million vertical meters as a group, yeah. uh, a million meters for Mind, working with the, the Mind Mental Health Charity. Okay for them and uh, he's like you yeah, know we find 20 people to do 50,000 each and I was like well 50,000 uh, I, I feel like I could do easily do 50,000 so I was like well I'll, do, I'll try I'll aim for 100 20,000 a month I think it was an average of like, 
680 a day or something, but I, I was only working uh, four days a week from, from midday, so I had plenty of time in the mornings to take the dog out and go, go climbing on skis. But fi- finishing the winter on sort of 110,000 uh, and then uh, going, starting going running and for my work this summer, just working, uh, I did 50,000 meters and 1,000 kilometers just walking and running with clients. Yeah. So I, it just it just sort of kept going up and up and up, and now now it's to the point where I was like, oh, I just 200 for the year. It seems like a nice round a nice round number, um, which I I should ask this week. Hopefully, maybe it comes down to next year. Just just setting another goal. It's, it's not it's not for any particular reason. It's just uh, just yeah. to put to to get me. It's not even motivated actually because I'll, I'll go I'll go and do it anyway regardless of the the number but it's just a chat a challenge you know it's yeah. something because yeah, I I know um, I guess when you're saying that it's like elevation gain is that right like from yeah the, elevation gain yeah like I know the run we did there now it was like 500 meters elevation gain we did that today that was tough you know my legs were sore after you know and I was cold almost immediately after stopping it and um, nowhere near the kind of weather you're having and I sh- couldn't wait to get in the shower or eat something you know because you know I was doing it 20 hours into a fast as well but even that like it couldn't run it's you know the other guy ran that but you know I could say it, you know I can that's an amazing to be able to do 600 meters in a day and then do it again the following day you say you, you gain innovation while you're working. What are you working at over there? I'm uh, working as, as the as the guide, as a oh. trekking and running guide in the summer. Okay, it's great. So I did a, yeah, a few a few laps of the the Tour de Mont Blanc, which is like a hundred and sixty kilometer like hut to hut walk around around Mont Blanc, and then a couple of times walk from Chamonix and ran from Chamonix to Zermatt, which is the the Haute route, which is hundred eighty five kilometers. And it's a twelve thousand meter height gain and loss over the over over ten days. That's tough. Uh, tell me, um, has it ever crossed your mind the likes of Everest or anything like that? Uh, no, not not really. Like, I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't even have any aspirations to go and climb in the Himalayas. To be, I, I'm not. I'm not one for uh, for for suffering in the term of sitting in a tent freezing for a few days or something you know i like i like suffering on like one day objectives like a big you know four thousand meter height gain up and down or something but um yeah i'm not uh, maybe maybe partly it's, it's also like the uh the money side of things i don't i don't it's very expensive i, I like pardon it's very, very expensive, expensive yeah I only looked yeah, it up. I looked it up before, just uh, speaking to yourself there the other day, because um, I was going to ask you like if you ever had it as a goal, but um, it was like fourteen grand for the training for it or something like that, or something ridiculous. And uh, I, I can't remember the figures, but I remember like thinking, I think I googled well, like um, if how would you climb Mount Everest or the preparation for it, and it was straight away. I was like, whoa, you know, that's obviously for. Uh, people who are rich, you know, are, are you know? Yeah, I think it comes closer to like sixty to a hundred thousand dollars for, yeah, for the whole thing. Right. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and and for something that it's not, uh, you know, it's still tough, but it's at that time it's just 
people with no experience are just paying people to almost drag them up it now, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to appeal to me if I wouldn't want to do that. If, if I if I ever got the opportunity to do it or something, it would it would be maybe when I'm at the peak of my physical capabilities, and it would be something like uh, try and do it with with no oxygen or something like that. You know, where it, it is more of a of a challenge where. Because I know, I know um, there's people that they they obviously pay and and that live local there and they carry all their gear up with them and um, uh, their oxygen and all this kind of thing and you know I don't think they get paid very much but um, I can imagine would you say if you know tomorrow came around and someone said to you look you won a trip you know or you won you won a free pass up Everest um, would you be well out for it? Um. I'm I'm not really sure to it's just because the you see how especially this year there was like traffic jams of of people to get to the summit and it just doesn't seem like that's not my I love it when I get to the top of a mountain uh, and it's just me and my buddy or just me and you're just standing there and you're like yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty special when you can just be standing on top of a mountain just on yeah. your own or with with a couple of friends or something and for the set like. Waiting in a queue at eight thousand four hundred meters or something, yeah. two hundred people who are all going to touch the summit, take a photo, and come back down. It just becomes more of a, like a tourist attraction than. Yeah, I guess it becomes people's checklist just just to say yeah, climb this, rather than people who are enthusiasts uh, to like enjoying the sport themselves or whatever. Because I know, um, but there is still I think like I agreed and like over three hundred people died in the last hundred years climbing it. Uh, I think it's, it's five and a half miles because I was looking up. I read a bit of cosmology and that, and um, I think the the largest mountain they've ever observed is actually on Mars. It's like fifty and a half miles, so it's three times Everest or whatever. But um, like it's like well, like you're saying, you 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 like the feeling of climbing up. I was going to ask you about that because you know to get a certain gratis, kind of uh, satisfaction or gratitude when you finish a big run or. Uh, you finish a long cycle, you know, but I can't. I can imagine the likes of climbing up a hill or climbing up a mountain full of snow, four thousand meters is an unbelievable feeling. It's a different feeling altogether. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, like last month when I went up the, the beast horn. You know, it was we we left Chamonix at uh, quarter to one in the morning, two hour drive. Uh, I think it took us about five and a half hours. Uh, to get to the summit and you're standing on the summit it's really windy you're like stop take enjoy the moment look at the site take it in but then it's sort of you're like oh, I feel a sense of achievement but then you also have that I've got to walk down two and a half thousand meters and, and twelve and a half k and it's sort of it does take it away a little bit from the like experience of a bit like oh this is this is gonna be painful <laughs> the the long walk down but but then you know once you, you get down you get off the glacier you start hitting the path and you're a bit like it's, it starts to sink in a bit more then, more on the descent. It, it's never really for me, you hit the summit and you're like, yeah, my day is done, you know, I, I've what a great, because you always have the descent. And yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and and that, that's that normally when down. things go wrong and you know, you're, you're tired, it's it's a long, long day. I think we were moving for 10 hours that day and it just feels a bit like, and then it, it almost feels like your summit is getting back to the car. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you can summit. take your boots off and just be like, now we've done it, and now I finished. Getting to the summit is, is half the is half the challenge. Yes. But do, it, you, it is. do you track it? Like, do you um, have an app? Like, do you put it on 
you go on Strava and track your hit your GPS on your watch or your phone or what way do you do it? Like, how do you measure uh, your incline? So I'm uh, I'm supported by Sunto, so they make uh, GPS watches and like dive devices and things. But I've got uh, a couple of their watches that I I track everything on, and and that goes to it does go to Strava. I don't I don't use Strava. Um, I use uh, their their Sunto app and MovesCount app, uh, which I can have, just get up on my computer, and you know you can sort of select. Uh, you can see all of your activities. You can look at month by month your overview, and uh, it gives you like a total uh, duration, distance, ascent of the year or the month. And uh, it's more it's more for me, and not not even it's more to compare for me month by month or year by year of my training. Whereas I I don't use Strava so much, and I. I I I understand Strava, but for me, I'm I'm not I'm not into the the competitive side as much. Where I know my brother does a lot of road cycling, and he's like, oh, he yeah. used to live in Monaco, and he's like, oh, I beat so and so up this hill, and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not it's not what gets me going, but uh, for some for some people, it, it, it you know it, it's Strava is is life for some people. I think you know for trail running and mountain uh, for for running and uh, for cycling, but mine is is just just so I don't have to write it down. It's so convenient to have it on my watch as a barometer, so it's pretty accurate for the, the elevation gain. And it just logs everything down, puts it on a map view with the GPS, and it's just quite interesting in in, in kind of a nerdy way. But it's, yeah. uh, you know, you do, it's, and, it, and it also it serves as a, like a logbook of, you know, like, well, wh- when did you do that climb last year? What was it like? Oh, I can have a look, and I did it on this day, and it took this sure, long. It's, it's it's good to have it all documented as well, though, isn't it? Because there might be coming one day where you're not doing it anymore, and you know you can look back at it and know, you know, your effort, or um, or if you do the same hill twice, you know, I, I know, um, you know, there is that competitive side of Strava, especially with the cycling. Um, you find the segments, and someone went up a hill this fast, you know, and. Um, I know a lot of people who wouldn't go near Strava or are putting their privacy on because, um, you know, especially when you start out doing a sport, you know, if you can only do a kilometre or two jogging, it's very disheartening going on to the likes of Strava and seeing your friends doing 10k runs or 15k runs. So you almost don't want to post your runs. Yeah, it can be quite demoralising, I suppose. You think yeah. you're like, oh, I, sh- I should be doing more, but they yeah. don't have their Strava records from 10 years ago when they started running and they were only doing 2K. And <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think, you know, in two ways, like it's wrong in a lot of ways because I think it it, put, it discourages people. Um, like I use Strava, but I think it discourages people um, by, you know, I'm going to come up, I'm going to appear under this guy's 10K run now uh, as my 2K run or whatever. But, you know, I guess the idea that you're always... You should more kind of compare compare you yourself to who you are last year and improve on yourself and compete against yourself. And I guess that's what with all sports, isn't it? You know, because you're most like you. You know, you're not the same as anyone else. Someone else could be, you know, genetics could come into play. You know, they could have a lot of experience. Uh, they could have a family involved in sport for years. Uh, they could have different injuries and diets and challenges. Um, and I think it's important for people to remember that as well. You know, we can get very competitive with the likes of the, the tracking apps, but they are very good for someone who wants to improve themselves. Like I said, like if you went up a hill, you probably would like to not beat the next guy you went up the hill, but your own time from previously are... Yeah, you it's know, a good or, measure of uh, of your improvement. Also. You know, it's like, 
if you if you do if I I've got the, the, this climb I'm, I'm going to go do it again tomorrow with the dog. It's, it's like the thousand meter climb, and I know I have sort of uh, fifty seven minutes or fifty eight minutes where I'm like that's a good time. And if if there's the snowy like I'm going to be hour ten, but if I take an hour thirty, I'm like oh, I must have been tired because I was pretty slow yeah. that day. And it, you it can sort of down to what did you eat or uh, how much sleep you got as well, or try and improve little things when you're monitoring yeah. yourself. You know. And, or just generally like, wow, I must be, I must be getting stronger because my times are coming down and down and down and down. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's good to keep, to keep track of everything for that. And that, and that's why I suppose they have these apps and these, these yeah. watches and phone, phone applications to, to log everything. Just so it, if you disregard the competitive side of it, just for your own personal, uh, just, just keeping an eye on it. Because right? before I suppose if you had a personal trainer or something or a coach, then they would be writing this stuff down. But, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly, and, and, it, and it kind but, of replaces that. It, and you, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like you know, you, you know, if you forget about the competitive side with other people, and you know, not compete with yourself, but you can log your progress and tweak things. And it's nice. That's the nice feeling, I think, um, from from going on and seeing these things. Like I, I've noticed it. Like this year, I couldn't even do a five k jog without stopping. And now I'm doing 10Ks and I did a 13K hill run today. And, you know, that's nice for me because all my friends, some of them are boxers and some of them are personal trainers through the army and uh, GA players all their life. They're cracking out 30K jogs, you know, or I was doing 3K and stopping in the middle of that, you know. And uh, But still, the one good thing is, you know, the kudos or, you know, people like it. You know, it does, you know, people can be more encouraging, I think, than they are negative anyway, you know. You know, you, you yeah. do one kilometer walk or doing that hill run. It's better than sitting on the couch anyway. You know, you're you're getting out there in, and physically and you're mentally kind of getting out there. And I think it helps an awful lot. And I don't think people should be discouraged from the competitive side either, you know. Yeah, I for every for every hundred people who are going to say, well done, there's always going to be one person who's going to say, oh, only 3K. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> But they, they they might be running their whole life, or maybe they don't even run, and they just like just want like that that way inclined. But it's uh, it's, it's just the fact that if you're getting out there and doing it, it's still better than sitting at home doing nothing. And sorry, go on. So there's that there's thousands and millions of people out there who do these things, but but don't have a phone or an app, and they they still do them. It's just because it's not logged. That's that, that a lot of the people now. There's that if it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, you obviously see that uh, as a meme on the internet. It's not strong, yeah. you know. But as well, like you said, for every hundred people, there could be one person. But I guess that's that's in all walks of life and in all aspects. Like you know, if you're afraid to do something because of one person out of a hundred was going to criticize you, you know, then you wouldn't you do anything. Get out of bed, yeah. Because you get criticism, like we said about the vegan thing. You know, I got you know a lot of criticism, and I'm only doing it two weeks, and people are like, "Oh, what are you doing? What are you at?" And all that. But I said, "Well." Isn't it worth investigating yourself yeah. firsthand? And it, like it might be different for some people. Some people might get any effect from it. Some people do it for more reasons. But um, the you know why not try it? And um, you know if if you listen to that one voice that was a negative voice, like I wouldn't have probably started a podcast. I wouldn't have been out doing my hill run today. You know uh, and. Like yourself, like who knows where you'd be if you focused on that one negative. I know it's hard for people with a lot of weight on them and uh, want to get going um, on a sport and don't want to show everyone that their heart rate was 180 when they were doing 1K runs. But 
you know, if I saw that, you know, I'd give them a thumbs up because fair play to them for getting off the couch. You know, once you yeah. move, even the walk, you know, you're, you're, you're lapping the person that's on the couch, really, you know. Yeah, and they're the type of people who maybe would, would, would give them criticism. Is that people, like, it's, it's just not... It's, they might, you know, might make fun of someone who's fat or something or overweight or whatever, and that's, uh, but you're not helping them do it. No. To, to get to lose the weight if you're going to make fun of them or something it's just like it, it is just uh, I, don't know, I think they're just some people are that way inclined I suppose it's just uh, you know I have friends here who, who are like oh I, I went for a run oh it's, oh it's nowhere near as big as what you did and I, I don't care <laughs> yeah. um, what the run I went for is nowhere near as quick as the run Mo Farah went for there's no point comparing yourself yeah. to other people it's like as long as you're doing something and, and you're doing it for yourself and for the right reasons then I like there's people who climb bigger mountains and ski steeper lines and do everything better than me, but you know I I I'm not doing it to compare myself to them. You know it's like it's yeah it's like they say you're not doing yourself any favors. It's like about boxing. They say you know it's always a quicker guy or a stronger guy. You know there is always someone out there doing it. You're no good comparing yourself because what will happen is you'll get to a point where you you beat the people you're after, and then there's another person about that, and you'll never stop. You'll never be content with that. And it's not doing your mental health any good as well, I think, you know. And, you know, you, you don't really get anywhere or achieve anything for yourself. Then you're running after other people's goals rather than your own yeah. goals. You know, I think that once, the reason I'm doing it really is, like, there's a couple of reasons. At first, it's it's health, first and foremost, you know. Um, you know, your longevity, your life, you know, your cardiovascular health, you know. Um, and then, I, you know, my son as well, I like to be a good influence on, you know, he sees me eating well. And, and um, it's one thing that I think the whole school system's let us down with, you know, the whole PE thing, you know. A lot of people give out about why is that in, tied into school. But that should have been a sit-down class one Tuesday and an exercise class on the Thursday. And they should have really, I think, really pushed that home, drive that home, that this is, you know, exercise should be, should be, you know, key every day, at least a half an hour. They say, they recommend that, but they don't push it enough, you know. And it's tough, you know, you see younger kids are this generation and they're a bit heavier and, um, you know, uh, it's hard to, to, there's a lot of distractions from people exercising now, I think, you know, the phones and the, the PlayStations and, and the indoor life, you know, it, it yeah. drags away from wanting to get outside. And, you know, that it's, you know, sometimes you come home and, you know, you go from work to home and you're within them four walls and you, you forget about what's outside, you know. We went for a walk last night. It was cold, but, um, you know, you see the moon and the stars and you're out in the fresh air and you don't get that feeling from watching a TV program, you know. And, no. you know, you should really, you know, we should appreciate it more in, in terms of that. And same when you're out running, doing trail runs or going up side of snowy mountains. You know, you're taking in, you know, everything and... It's much better than sitting at home, besides the unhealthy aspect of it and getting fatter or whatever, you know, but the whole yeah. aspect of being there and, and living it out and enjoying the experience. Yeah, I think, like, before, uh, I, I, we got a dog uh, a couple of years ago, and before I had the dog, I'd, I'd still go out skiing, running, climbing, but then as soon as I finished that, I'd come home and just sit in the house. You feel like, I've done my exercise, it doesn't matter. But then as soon as you get a dog, you like you come home, and then you're like, I've got to go for a, just a walk for an hour, and it gets it just gets you out of the house. And you're like, I think if, for some people, if they if they're struggling, depends obviously what the type of lifestyle and the uh, the work life and things. But if you're struggling to just get out, 
get or borrow someone's dog. Right? Like, you just go for a walk. It's great. Like yeah. definitely, uh, you know, like she, 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 my dog, she needs an hour every day at least of decent exercise. And it just forces me to get out and do that hour every day. Yeah. Which is great. But you see, like we live in a housing estate and you can see dogs and I'm more mindful of it. Big dogs in people's back gardens that you know aren't getting their hour walk, you know, and I think that's terrible. You know, it's the reason I don't have a dog now is because, you know, I, I would struggle with the time to get it out. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, I don't think that's fair on the dog and especially yeah. the small garden in a house, you know, in, in the States and all. I'd rather wait until if I buy out in the country in a few years or something like that and, and, and at least they can have a proper. But what, what type of dog do you have? Is it a big dog? It must be decent size to carry up them snowy mountains. Yeah, she's uh, she's about 30 kilos. She's a Italian Bracco with a German pointer. So she's sort of like... um. She's got looks like ha- quite houndy, like basset houndy, but but uh, Labrador size sort of thing. But she's oh, yeah. she's super strong. She loves the snow. Every the first time she gets in the snow every year, she's jumping around in it. Uh, and and she she she'll do two thousand meters vertical, thirty kilometers. You know she's she's strong. Yeah. She didn't do much the first year, and I think she got a bit frustrated, like get only getting walks where she had all this energy. But I wanted to you know to her to have a long and. Uh, adventureful life so i didn't want to some people push their dogs too much in the first year and then you end up with with uh medical issues you know like um hip problems and things but but now she she she'll yeah she comes with me most even when the snow's like well over her head she'll be bouncing away down through it and and how do you you find that's much better um than going alone like the companionship of it or just the oh massively yeah massively when i where I, that's what when when we were we we didn't choose a dog like from a breed or anything. It was uh, uh, we saw a picture in, ta- in in town in the vet uh, in the pet shop. Someone wasn't expecting their dog to have puppies. Had ten puppies. We went to have a look at it, and uh, I was speaking you know to the owner of the my dog's mo- the the mother, and he's uh, like, yeah, she loves the mountains, loves the snow. Showed me some pictures. Like, okay, this is the type of dog that um, maybe I I I want because I want it as a as a or as a, as a companion to come in the mountain to me all the time and it was a big deciding factor I wouldn't have a dog that was going to sit at home or yeah. could only do like 5k and be tired but yeah. so it, and just going out on my own it's like you know, I have fun with my dog <laughs> running in the mountains and and playing in the snow and stuff and it is like just having that so even though she can't call for help if I if I broke my leg but I think it's not like a having a human friend with you, but I definitely have, have great fun with her in the mountains, climbing and run, running I've and skiing. I've really, never really heard of, um, well, I guess I'm never really talking to, you know, uh, mountain climbers, but um, I didn't know, I didn't realise, is that a common thing, bringing dogs out um, on, the, on the mountains? Oh, yeah, t- today, when we went through to Italy, uh, we just ski touring, like climbing on skis within a ski resort, but it's not yet open. And there must have been 20 dogs there. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't know the area very well, so I didn't take my dog. But halfway up, I was a bit like, she would have loved it. Like, I wish I brought her, you know. <laughs> like, she, she loves running and playing in the snow, and she, she'd easily do three or four hours of, 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 of walking in fairly deep snow. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people in, in, in France, in Chamonix, it's, uh, it's a big dog culture here. You know, dogs are allowed in every bar and restaurant. Really? Wow. Dogs walk... Or like I don't use a lead with her when we walk through town. It's it's and, and, and most other people don't with their dogs, and it's it's so uh, they're uh, definitely like p- 
part of the community, the society, the community, and the culture here is having a dog. Yeah, going cl- running, climbing, skiing with the dogs, which is is great. I love it. It's yeah, I think that is great. Dogs. I, I always had a soft spot for dogs. We always had dogs growing up in the countryside, and uh, you know, dogs are a very special type of pet. I think um, they're uh, they're more in tune with you know if you have a cat or not, no, not putting down other animals or pets or anything like that, but. Um, I think dogs are more kind of dedicated to you, um, and they um, they sense what's going on a little better, and um, yeah. always, they always have more time for you. You know, like you could, you know, you could have a shit day and uh, come home and and you know feel like that. Where even if they had a shit day, where some farm kicked up the arse or they got a bang or whatever, yeah. you know, they're always they're always happy to see you and ready to go for that walk. And you know, and like you said, yeah. you get a dog, and it actually does. I think motivates people to get out of the house more and, and bring you for a walk, which in, in turn, obviously, you know, that's how they help your your mental and physical health as well. They get you out going out and getting the fresh air in you and getting the, the miles and the leg done because and, and, they're full of energy that way, you know. I think that's how yeah, that's great, yeah. Yeah, well, they, they, they do. Then there's, there's some schemes I know of in, in the UK where my friend, where he works, they, it's like bring your dog to work Friday and everyone, like, over the moon, there's all these dogs running around and just like, stroke and cuddle play with dogs and stuff and i think it's great for for people if if, if you're not a dog person maybe it's not but yeah. most people generally especially if it's you know not a dog that you've associated with uh being like a mean dog or something or yeah. uh aggressive but yeah i i and now yeah i grew up with dogs yeah so you just have that feeling you see a dog you're like oh, i want to stroke your dog <laughs> like yeah yeah and and it, it helps that. kids growing up i think like it builds their immune system as well i believe and uh you know, um, it, it's very beneficial in a lot of ways. I think you know. I'm just yeah. You maybe you're uh, like comfort being comfortable around animals and things, and just yeah. uh, especially the bigger animals. You know, some people are, like terrified of cows and horses, where they just like if you just picture them like big dogs, which is pretty much what they are. <laughs> yeah, because you're always going to come across like you know, once you have a dog, you're always going to come across them situations with a dog, with, with people with who have dogs, and you go with their house. You know, it's always going to be a part of of life, you know, to get used to them is, is a good thing as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, I've been, and yeah. now I would, you know, I wouldn't live without her. <laughs> She's great. Yeah, uh, well, like, as well, they become family members almost. You know, we 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 um, put a dog down there a few years ago, and I was talking about this guy Max, and um, he was my dog. And had he was sixteen, he was a golden lab, big golden lab, and uh, right. very smart dog, like iconic dog in terms of we had a lot of dogs, but even all my friends remember this guy. But um, like yeah, my father and myself and my brothers all on our knees crying in the vets, you know, yeah. and putting them down. And uh, we were all saying, you know, my father was like, thanks, he's saying thanks to mine and the family. And, uh, you know, even now, that was 2011, I believe. So it's nine years ago, um, coming up on nine years now. But still, like, if people are talking about him. You can hear the emotion in their voice, you know, they become family members when they're there that long. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, massively. You know, I, 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 I spent, I've spent more time with the, my dog in two years than I've seen my nan in the last 30 years. You know, it's like, <laughs> I know it's not like, it's not like you, you're like valuing relatives or of your dog, but, you know, the, the amount of time and the experiences and the relationship you build up with the animals that spend, you know, every day all day with you normally it's, yeah. it's uh and that's the thing you're you're like going through your your 
experience or your favorite hobby with them animal, with that with that animal you know with that dog and you know you're both sharing that experience like of going up constantly through the hardship of the mountains and, and overcoming the 2000 meters or whatever you know it's uh, yeah. definitely has to count for something yeah and i can see how much he loves it as well which is like it gets me loving it more and then you stop i stop thinking about like my legs are burning and i'll start playing with her and stuff and uh, yeah it takes, takes your mind off it sometimes yeah, I'd say it's a, it's a big mental push, I'd say. Well, what I was going to ask, actually, you know, for getting into it and at the level you're at now, is, like, is there many, what's your kind of driving force for um, or motivation? Because obviously you, you get something out of doing what you're doing or else you would have packed up and went home to Wales a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I, uh, my, my thing is just because I, lo- I like to keep on top of my fitness and just push myself fit- fitness-wise just to so I can do bigger things in the mountains. You know, it's not like I want to go, say, up and down one hill in, in uh, say, it took me five hours a few years ago. Now I can get up and down it in two hours. It means I can go and do that hill and another hill in four hours. You know, like a bigger a bigger day in the mountains or cover more ground in the mountains in the same amount of time and just have these sort of bigger adventures where, you know, maybe it wasn't possible to leave my house, climb up, of the mountain then do like a rock climb uh get to a summit and then come back down in time for dinner it might have taken two days but when i can really see the improvement where i'm i'm just doing it at home home by dinner it's it that's what keeps me motivated more than anything just just being able to uh to see to see how how much quicker i'm doing things now or, or how much more i can do in the same amount of time yeah and do you, do you do a bit of rock climbing at all obviously it must be part part of love yeah, with with the uh, with the mountains, I don't I don't do a, a great deal of like going out to to rock climb. If I'm doing like a a summit that involves climbing on rock, then that's the only time I do it. I don't go up and down like the same little wall, practicing and doing that sort of rock climbing. I just tend to do it more in the mountains. But it's uh, yeah, it's part part of also with 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 mountaineering, sort of these big mountains. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the lower body and the upper body getting in there as well, isn't it? But well, any uh, yeah. Any advice for people looking to get into into the sports, either skiing or the mountain climbing in the snow? Because I'd imagine you've learned stuff that you said, you know, which I wish I knew when I started out, maybe. Or did you have good guides? What would your advice be for other people trying to get? Uh, for pe- people who want to get into 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 skiing, I suppose there's there's great courses I know that they do at Glenmore Lodge in in Scotland. Uh, or if you have the if you have the uh, ability to come out to the Alps, there are sort of great, and, and not even like you know, compared to some ski tours where they can cost, but uh, expense-wise, they do great like introduction to ski touring or introduction to ski mountaineering where you'll come out and you'll learn the basics with a guide and with a group of other people who are in the, who are the same sort of level as you. But um, unless you have the, like I came here, and, and if you come and move here, you do learn little bits from people and go out with different people so you have the the options to learn sort of peer-to-peer rather than uh, yeah. doing a course or something but I, I've done a few courses in sort of avalanche uh, awareness things that that I feel that if you spend a lot of time in skiing and in the in snow environment it's just it doesn't hurt to just learn as much as you can about it and it's the same with the the trail running, you know, there's 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 loads, a big boom in, in trail running in the last few years, definitely, of mountain running and 
there's there's loads of great little courses now. If you if you don't have the, I I think I'm very fortunate to to live here and get out and do it a lot. And I obviously didn't start at this level. If you don't have the ability to 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 go out and constantly push yourself, and if you almost want like the the sort of little kickstart to get you going, then there's there's great little courses of. Um, I know my friend Maggie runs one in in London, and she, it's just like introduction to trail running, where they meet in a park and you go on easier trails. You start off on easier trails, just running on grass. People might, if you've grown up a road runner or did a lot of road running, just just running on a bit of grass can feel like you're out of your comfort zone. You know, I'm going to slip over, but you start running on your toes or learning different techniques, and you just need to build from there. You, I'm not saying just go out and run some mountain trail straight away because then yeah. you're going to injure yourself. But um, definitely, like you know, spending more and more time on trails, you will just naturally develop the strength in your ankles and the and also like the mental awareness for for running fast on undulating ground with rocks and tree roots and everything. It's not just about about running at the end of the day with the trail running. And you do feel the benefits of it because I was doing a few hill runs and then I did a flat during the week and I think it was my my quickest 5k I hit you know personal record probably because I was building building the legs and got now now it's very boring 5k because i've been used to the trail running and all yeah you can see the benefit of it and like you said you know there's a big boom there's a big boom in, in the fitness in general i think in the last few years and maybe it's with the uh the the age of technology in the apps and the smart watches and the social side of things with the strava and posting it to instagram and the and the other um, yeah. and i guess a lot more people are getting i think our generation <laughs> is getting out a lot more than the last generation where the hobbies were having a few points or, or, or you know, um, yeah. we, we, I think we're shedding the old beer belly, stereotypical father, I think, thing. Um, do you think that mountain climbing and skiing is on a rise, kind of taking a boom at all at the moment? Or can you see it? Oh, uh, de- definitely, yeah. especially with the like ski touring and uh, ski mountaineering. Just, just since I've been doing it in the last eight years, it's, it's grown like exponentially. It's it's so popular now, and it just I think it is. It's probably because of the the cost side of it's come down a lot. It's become bigger. Same as like road biking in the UK. It's it's gone huge in the last ten years because road bikes have become more affordable, like yeah. decent road bikes and the kit and and then because people see it on Facebook, see it on Instagram, see like just it's it's. All this information is at your fingertips. If you want to go and do things or get into it or read a blog someone did or listen to a podcast, you know, it's it's so easy to, to pick up new hobbies nowadays and, and also so affordable that yeah. every, every a lot of these outdoor hobbies are just, just blowing up, really. You know, it's becoming... That is true as well. Like, like say you saying, people are seeing it now online. Like, all you have to do is look at your own profile and you see the stunning views you're, you're encountering while doing it. And it kind of brings you doesn't give you the experience of it but gives you an, a window into looking at you know what it's like uh when you get to the top of a summit or you know uh you know what you experience while doing these kind of walks i know and um, so obviously the social end of it obviously does play a huge part in that as well and um, you also said that you yeah. sorry you, you can respond to sorry, that. Yeah. even when when i go to to climb or ski new peaks i'll I'll do like with the beast beast horn. I was I go on YouTube, search beast horn, look at someone's videos, like just to get more information about it. And the, the days before, I'll put 
hashtag be sworn or something and try and get some recent pictures of the conditions and you've just got all this information that's just so easy and then on instagram you can look at someone's picture and you message them oh did you climb it yesterday they're like oh last week and you're like okay you start to build a picture of uh you know this is such like up-to-date information yeah 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 the same with with runs i suppose you know like you could someone you could see someone going on a trail and mess and like oh is this how long did this take you or uh, was it hard and yeah you know yeah you can just for things that you maybe there isn't a guidebook for trail runs in some park in london but you know you could always message someone on on social media and whether they get back to you or not or whether it's like the most accurate uh you know portrayal of the the run but it's, it's a bit of information and it just makes it that much easier for you to then get out and do it whereas if you didn't know then you might not go out and do it yeah, because there's two aspects there. You know, you kind of you physically want to make sure you're able to do it, <clears throat> and then the other side is uh, you mentally. At least you can mentally prepare for what you're going to take on. You know, um, to, today we the, the hill run we did today was the second time doing that route, and the first time I kind of you know stopped on a hill going into the into the mountain, and at least the second time around I knew if you push yourself a little bit further, the hill is just finished over that. You know, once you get yeah. the end, and at least you know if you saw on YouTube, like you said, or when you're talking to people there, you, they might tell you the first hill is a kilometer and a half long, but it gets flat down a little bit, and or, or you know you can mentally, because mental I think is a big thing. You know, like if you know it's gonna, you know, the incline is gonna stop in in half a kilometer, you know, you will push yourself that half kilometer and recover your heart rate while you're on the move on the flat, you know, rather than that. So, uh, yeah, you can prepare for it a bit more than it's just going to do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So you said you were sponsored by, um, sorry, what was the company? By Salomon. Uh, how, did, how did that happen? Uh, that was that was through uh, through having an Instagram following and just uh, they they and someone I know who, who worked there sort of noticed it and uh, just sort of, they fit in, I fit in with their sort of ethos on what they wanted to promote, which is just like having fun in the mountains, you know, and... Uh, doing multi different sports and just just about getting outside and and just yeah like the 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 hashtag the key hashtag is time to play so you're like it's just go out and have fun it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter how long you go for or how many meters you do or whatever it's just as long as you're having fun outside and, and in all in all aspects of sport yeah that's that been really good it's been great having having the support of uh of a brand of products that I really like and I really use, and uh, they 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 they're some of the some of the best products for um, for certain some, definitely some of the sports I do for skiing and uh, the running trail running especially. Yeah. And uh, and it's a it's a brand that I I believe in the products as well. So it's 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 not like I'm uh, you know trying to push this ski or this so and so down someone's throat. It's like, yeah. like I use it. I think it's great. Yeah, it's a it's a no it's a no brainer for me to to work with a brand that I I love and the products that they make I I use day to day. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been great. It also means I I don't have to to work as much because I'm not having to fork out for skis and boots and things every year, which is um, I'm really appreciative for that that side of things. Yeah, so, I would say yeah. it's expensive the gear um, and and everything you need with it, you know. Yeah, it can, it can it can start to to rack up if, if people want you know the 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 newest or the lightest or the 
uh, yeah, lighter skis and things, and uh, it it can it can get quite expensive, yeah. definitely. Yeah, but that's good. That's amazing. And fair play to you. That's that's a it's a great achievement to have a big company like that. Um, obviously see seeing that you're pushing, and they obviously have the similar um, mentality as yourself when it comes to you know uh, the outdoors and and getting things done as well. So uh, that's pretty amazing. Fair play. What I might do is um, I will uh, if it's okay with you, I'll I'll probably post a few after this video for people watching this on YouTube. It's will mainly go through podcast feeds, but I'll put a few slides up of your recent climbs and uh, the pictures that we've been talking about, and uh, they can see that clip at the end of this talk. And um, that'd be okay, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you can you can uh, share share the photos that are on my uh, on the page there. Yeah. It's great, fair play. Look, I appreciate you coming on. I wish you the best with uh, your further climbs and uh, hopefully they'll be safe and hopefully I didn't jinx you with the injury side of things. <laughs> no, I, I always do on the side of caution. <laughs> yeah. Should be, be fine. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time out, Joel. Fair play to you. No, thanks. It's been great to... Uh, I've, I've never done uh, like a talk like this, so it's been good to just to get... Uh, yeah, because I never really talk about some of this stuff anyway, so it's been yeah, quite interesting to me. Instagram only goes as far as the pictures sometimes, doesn't it, you know, uh, where it's good to hear, you know, people's side of it. Like, it's it's not a common sport. It's not as if it's everyone's a runner now, you know, or everyone's a whatever. But uh, it's good to, to get a kind of um, inkling into that kind of lifestyle or, or uh, that kind of sport because we wouldn't be used to it as much. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to, like, when I speak to my... My auntie and uncle in Mid Wales who are farmers, you know, they, they don't grasp what I do. Yeah. <laughs> they think I'm going for a nice walk in the mountains, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, fair play. Look, I really appreciate it, and uh, we might come across each other again, and I, uh, I'll uh, post this online. And look, um, thanks for taking the time out again. No, ah, thanks, thanks for, uh, for yeah for you taking the time as well, and having a chat. It's been good. Yeah, I must. Uh, it's actually you have to give me uh, motivation to book a ski holiday, my next venture. So uh, I might see you out there in the, in the near future. Ah, awesome! Yeah, yeah, do it. Fair play. Thanks a lot, Joe. All the best. Okay. Cheers. Take care. Thanks.